Welcome to Beltway Talk, the podcast of the American International Automobile Dealers Association, where we examine the intersection between politics and the automobile retail industry. I'm your host, Hannah Oliver. Today's episode of Beltway Talk is brought to you by AIADA affinity partner, Cox Automotive, transforming the way the world buys, sells, owns, and uses cars. Find out more at AIADA.org. Cox Automotive's Charlie Chesbro is back with us on the Beltway Talk podcast to talk year-end auto sales. With automakers reporting their December and 2019 year-end sales figures, he's here to discuss the trends that he and his team have seen as they assess the market. Welcome to Beltway Talk, Charlie. Thanks for having me. With that being said, I am just going to go ahead and let you dive right on into some of the numbers and trends that you have seen as the 2019 sales figures have come in. Yeah, well, we we finished up December uh, a little bit disappointing. Uh, mm-hmm. Our expectation was is that the uh, seasonally adjusted selling rate would come in somewhere in the low 17 million range, uh, and it actually came in around 16.7 million, so down a little bit from what we were expecting. Uh, we were expecting volume to be down uh, because there was one less selling day. Uh, but we actually finished worse than than what we should have uh, given that one less day. Uh, and overall volume was about uh, down about 100,000 units from what, what we had done uh, in December of 2018. So we we finished the uh, the year on a little bit of a downtick, but on the whole, I think we those of us in the industry can be very pleased with how the vehicle market finished uh, in 2019. Uh, we uh, we, when the total numbers are counted, and this is where it gets a little bit tricky because there's a number of different ways to measure uh, total sales. Uh, some places uh, include some of these medium and heavy trucks that aren't technically considered light vehicles. Uh, and so there's different counts out there. But in general, I think we can say that the market finished right at about 17 million, uh, but down uh, about 1.4% on a year over year basis. So uh, I think most folks are calling it another 17 million year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the fifth straight, uh, really just a phenomenal record for the automotive industry. And, uh, you know, there's little right now to point to, to suggest that we're going to derail this path that we're okay. on uh, in 2020. But that's not to say that we aren't having, uh, we're a little bit more cautious going into the year because we think things are going to get a little bit more challenging. No collapse in the market, but just sort of a constant erosion uh, of consumers out there that are going to be buying these vehicles. Okay. Uh, Well, that was going to be my next question of um, if you saw this trend continuing into 2020, but you don't see any reason to expect that it's going to go down. Yeah, it's so one of the, the underlying trends that we've been seeing in the market is that the role of retail sales, folks like you and I going out and buying vehicles, uh, has been declining. Uh, this year, uh, we saw uh, the number of purchases, people who actually purchased a vehicle outright, either cash or took a loan out, uh, that fell a little bit over 5%. So the overall market was down about one four, but purchasing looks to be down about 5%. And even leasing of a vehicle was down a little bit over 2%. Uh, the reason why the market didn't fall more is because of fleet activity. And what we saw, and I know I've been talking about this uh, with your listeners for a couple of months now, but uh, with the fleet activity continues to remain elevated, and it looks like the year is going to finish, and we don't have final numbers yet, but it looks like fleet activity is going to be finishing up over 10% uh, from where it did last year. 
and so that's really what's been keeping this market uh, as strong as it has been. Uh, the question we're, we're kind of wrestling with is as we go into 2020, if these trends continue, and that's sort of what our base expectation is, we're going to continue to see less retail activity. Uh, but on the fleet side, we think that there's not a lot of growth opportunity because we've had two years already of very strong growth in fleet. So our expectation is, is that the fleet side of the business, uh, both rental and commercial, is going to flatline a little bit. It's going to remain elevated, but we're just not going to see uh, a lot of growth there. But we're going to continue to see a decline in the retail side because of these high vehicle prices. Uh, this affordability issue, I think, is, is is real challenging for many consumers. And we've sold 85 million vehicles the last five years. There, there's not a lot of folks left that haven't bought a vehicle uh, that, that wanted one. Uh, so we see that that combination is going to take this market down okay. uh, just a couple of percentage points in 2020. Uh, our forecast is, is that we're expecting the market to finish at around 16.6 million okay. uh, in 2020, down about three or 400,000 units uh, from where we finished this year. Okay. Well, that's really helpful. Um, just to slightly back up a little bit, um, in terms of the breakout between international brands and domestic brands, what... Um, sales results have you seen from the automakers that reported? Yeah, well, when we look at December, uh, you know, if I had to come up with some general headlines, I would say uh, it was a tough month for Japanese manufacturers. Uh, Hyundai Kia held up pretty well. Uh, and some of the luxury brands actually had a, had a very, very good month. Um, I, you know, probably the biggest story that came out of the December sales numbers was uh, Nissan sales were down really a huge amount, about 30%. Uh, and so uh, that was quite surprising. I don't think most analysts were expecting Nissan to be down so much. Uh, clearly, uh, you know, the, this Carlos Ghosn uh, story that's been going on from Japan uh, isn't isn't helping sales, to say the least. Uh, so that was probably uh, pro the, one of the big stories that we saw out of the uh, the December numbers. Uh, but we also saw, you know, their their luxury brand, uh, Infinity, Nissan's luxury brand, was down almost 40 percent. Uh, Honda was down about 13 percent, and Toyota was down about 7 percent. So the overall market was down about 6 percent, uh, but those Japanese companies all exceeded sort of the industry average. Uh, but when we look on the other side, in terms of who did uh, better than sort of the industry average, uh, we saw that Audi uh, was up about 13% uh, for the month of December. Uh, really quite a, you know, it's an important, December is an important month for the luxury brands. That's when they really do uh, their big volume. And so it was a, a big win for Audi. And I think the other big story is Volvo. Uh, they saw their December sales increase 40% uh, over what they did last year. So a really nice jump for Volvo. Uh, um, it, it seems like, uh, you know, that trend is likely to continue. Uh, but in terms of the larger brands, uh, it was a bit of a mixed bag, uh, uh, you know, Ford, uh, GM and, uh, FCA were all down a little bit on the, on the month. So, um, you know, a little bit of a mixed bag, but on the whole, uh, I think that we can say that December is finishing a little bit shy of what we had expected. But again, some of that might be that we have one less selling day. So that's contributing uh, to part of that as well. Okay. Um, and in terms of just cars versus trucks, obviously, it was a truck year for sure. Um, who are some of the winners that you guys saw in December and just for the year overall? 
Well, just in terms of cars overall, uh, we, you know, car share just continued to decline uh, through the course yeah. of the year. And actually, in the month of December, uh, car, passenger car share of total sales was down to about 25%. So when you, we think about what cars, you know, it used to be a 50-50 car truck split not too long ago. Uh, it's now down to just one out of four being these passenger cars. Um, you know, the industry has been going through a tremendous transformation as you know, a lot of the big players have been pulling out of uh, the car segments, uh, Ford and Chevy, uh, as well as uh, FCA. Uh, and so we've been going through a very tur turbulent time the last two years as those volumes have been weighing down on the market. We're almost through that period now as, uh, as those, those cars uh, have been kind of taken out of their portfolios. So we'll get a better idea of what is the underlying strength of car sales here in 2020. But certainly the trend uh, uh, has been much lower. Uh, in terms of uh, uh, the, the manufacturers themselves, uh, as I said, uh, uh, car sales just, they didn't, they didn't do well for anybody for the month. So it's hard to really point to any uh, positive stories out there regarding car sales. Uh, but in terms of the luxury side of things, uh, uh, you, know, you know, luxury activity held up quite well. And that's one of the things that we're going to be looking for as we head into 2020 is how well does the luxury market hold up if, uh, as folks have this concern out there that we are heading into a recession, uh, many folks would expect that the luxury might be sort of on the front lines of taking a hit uh, if we saw things getting more challenging out there. Uh, you know, based on the numbers that we saw for December, I don't think we can say that any of that is happening just yet. What about trucks now, since the market was driven by trucks, who are the top performers for the year? Yeah, well, the, the truck market uh, really had uh, a big, uh, big stories this year. Uh, uh, F-Series continued to win the prize. They've won it 30-some-odd yeah. uh, years now, and uh, they're always trying to win that prize. But behind the number one, there was a real battle for number two. And what we saw this year is that Ram uh, actually overtook Silverado. Uh, to take the number two spot this year. Uh, you know, a couple of underlying factors for that. Uh, one, Ram's been having the strategy of having the, the Ram Classic, uh, an older model year vehicle, selling alongside their new uh, product. So essentially they have two Rams out there uh, and that's and they've been selling the older model year at a deep discount. So that uh, it's not a very profitable move for, for Ram uh, or FCA. Uh, but it certainly adds quite a bit to volume. So that helped lift them uh, over Silverado for the year. And uh, GM was dealing with that, that month-long strike, uh, and that had a, a rather large impact on some of their uh, deliveries of, of their own trucks. So that's why Silverado uh, faced some challenges. Uh, but on the whole, as I said, uh, you know, trucks uh, had a, 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 an okay year. They were up a couple ticks. Uh, but I think that's, again, what, as luxury, we look at luxury vehicles, I think trucks are also going to be uh, on the front line uh, as we look into 2020. You know, these, these, these trucks are, you know, 50,000 uh, MSRP plus on, on many of these vehicles. Uh, that's going to be a bridge too far for many consumers out there and contractors uh, that we, you know, we're concerned that if we do see things start to slow a little bit in the broader economy, uh, truck sales like luxury uh, could be taking a, a significant hit. Okay. Um, well, I think that gives us a pretty good overall look at where the market sits here heading into 2020. I know you mentioned that, you know, moving forward, you guys are predicting 16.6 million for the year. Do you have any insight into what factors you think are going to be driving the market in 2020 overall? 
Yeah, well, certainly the broader economy and whether uh, you know it holds up as strong as it has been, uh, you know, it's really quite phenomenal the strength that we have in the U.S. economy right now. Uh, record low unemployment. I mean, we're we're at levels we haven't seen in 50 years. Uh, the stock market is at all time highs. Uh, job creation remains very very strong. So all the ingredients are there for a very robust vehicle market, and yet vehicle sales were down this year. So I think that we have to accept that, you know, there are some under other factors that are involved in terms of what's driving the vehicle market these days, because uh, the, the economic soup is, is has all the key ingredients for a fantastic vehicle market. But we have to ask ourselves, why are we not hitting record highs in vehicle sales, given the overall strength of the U.S. economy? Uh, and I think we can, as I mentioned before, I think we can really point to two underlying factors, which is these high vehicle prices. Uh, you know, we're, we're approaching uh, the average MSRP of $40,000 uh, for every vehicle that's out there. Uh, and as I said, vehicle saturation, we've had so much success over the last five years, 85 million brand new vehicles uh, sold. Uh, there's just not a lot of upside potential from here, given all of the, the success we've had over the last couple of years. But really, I think that one of the key factors to keep your eye on in 2020, as I mentioned before, fleet activity. Uh, does fleet remain uh, uh, elevated and continue to grow? Uh, our theory is this tax reform from that was passed in December of 2017 really changed a lot of the economics uh, towards uh, commercial fleet activity as well as rental fleet activity. Uh, because they changed uh, some of the tax deduction uh, rules around these vehicles. Um, and so it's made it much more favorable. And we think that's contributing to some of the elevated fleet that we see. Can you know when you have a high basis like this, when you've already had two strong growth years, can you grow more from here? That's where it gets really challenging. I think that that's that's going to be one of the main obstacles uh, for the industry. And then the other is just going to be, uh, uh, the retail side of the industry. Uh, the, uh, we, we know that these prices are challenging. Uh, it would suggest that the industry would get more aggressive on leasing activities since that's a, a, a little bit more affordable way to kind of get consumers into these new products. Uh, but we saw lease activity is already uh, elevated in terms of its share of the retail market. It's approaching uh, about 32%. Uh, of all retail uh, activity is now leasing. Uh, that's up from about 30% a couple of years ago. So it's, there's not, when we look on the leasing side, there's not a lot of upside room for the industry to, to push that onto consumers because they've already been doing that. Uh, but that's one of the other uh, uh, headwinds to keep an eye on here in 2020. But as I said, I think there's very little to point to right now uh, to suggest that we're going to see any kind of a collapse uh, in the vehicle market. And I think there's a lot of optimism going into 2020 because one of the main uh, concerns that we had in the automotive industry over the last, well, really two years uh, has been the president's trade policies. And it looks at this point that that uh, we've sort of moved past that, uh, that we were all kind of wrestling with whether the president was going to go forward with a 25 percent uh, tariff on European vehicles, which would really kill the luxury brands out there. Uh, but he's postponed that a couple of times, uh, implementing that tariff. He's now said he'll make another decision in May uh, of this year as to whether to go forward with that. I think most analysts uh, don't expect the president to actually do that now, uh, particularly this close to the election. Uh, it would probably be a fairly unpopular uh, decision. Uh, so it seems unlikely that that he's going to be doing that. So I think that's one of the uh, the clouds that was on the horizon that, that kind of hung on this market through all through 2019, 
uh, I, it seems like that cloud is blown over and it's nothing, nothing but sunny skies, at least when it comes to trade policy at this point. All right. Well, it all sounds like um, pretty good news heading into 2020 for dealers. Yeah, I think so. I think they should be fairly optimistic. I think, uh, uh, but I think it is going to be a little bit more challenging. Mm -hmm. As I said, the retail side is going to be a, a bit more in decline. I think where there may be opportunities for uh, dealers uh, would be to really think about sort of fleet side of the business, uh, you know, within their own uh, uh, footprints uh, of their markets. Uh, where are the mom and pop fleet activity out there? Where are the small businesses that need to upgrade uh, their delivery vehicles or their own kind of commercial uh, vehicles? As I said, tax reform really changed a lot of the economics around these vehicles. Uh, and I think there's really a case to be made for, for many small businesses that uh, this is the perfect time to, uh, to make some investments in, in your own uh, uh, fleet activity. All right. Well, Thank you so much for joining us today, Charlie. We appreciate you giving your um, insight on December and then 2019 overall sales and what we can expect for the year ahead. Sure thing, Hannah. Happy to do it and uh, hope to talk to you again. To you listeners, thank you for joining us for our year-end sales wrap-up with Charlie Chesbro. We'll look forward to hearing from him early next month about how January sales are shaping up to kick off 2020. As a note, AIADA is celebrating its 50th anniversary this year and we hope you'll join us. Check out AIADA.org slash events to find out about our 2020 events, including the 50th annual meeting and luncheon happening next month in Las Vegas, as well as our Washington fly-in this May in Washington, D.C. Thanks once again, and join us again next time for Beltway Talk.